You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. It's the last chance for you, last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you, last chance for me. It's the last chance for you, last chance for me. It's the last chance for you, last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. What up? What up, man? The real coach JB in this. Studio back in the Slapdick Podcast here on this fine Monday, the 18th of October, 2021. Another, uh, you know, fun-filled pandemic year. We'll see how it goes. L.A. Unified High School uh, student body is fucking petitioning to walk out. The parents are like, fuck you. I'm not, quarant- I'm not going to vaccinate my kid, and it's my decision it's their bodies are my decision as the parent that's a huge thing out here in la right now in cali so uh you know hey there's a shitload of fucking issues going on in america um that's just some of them man so who knows how it ends up um i have no idea i'm actually not mad at that whole thing but at the same time you know what are they going to do? Go back to Zoom and then you're going to discuss, you're going to have fucking mental health and this and that and fucking suicide watchers and fucking horrible education. It is a, we're, we're in a fucked up situation, man. So I'm going to get into everything that is anything today on this fine show. I'm on YouTube live. Uh, Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member today on this great Monday. A uh, new little setup they've hooked me up with. So it's, uh, you know, let me know how you like it, man. Got a little few little backdrops, a couple things. You can order my whiskey, my merch. You can get a slapdick bully. Bailey is pregnant. So I want to make sure that uh, if you didn't see my social media post, give it up for Bailey. She's pregnant. And uh, who knows, we saw a couple pups in there. A few puppies we could see. Um, as you saw, I posted the x-rays. But that doesn't mean uh, she'll have 20 puppies. Even though our last letter, she had 15. Bailey did not, but Callie did. But Bailey's pregnant. Uh, slapdickbullies.org. You can go to the website. Um, CoachJBStore.com. You can get the merch, whiskey, whatever you need. And then you can hit me up on Cameo if you want a shout-out video which will also be added to this backdrop here on the new studio version of the Slapdick Podcast. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube for all you Spotify, iTunes, Google, Apple listeners out there. Quote of the day, man. If you get tired, rest. Don't fucking quit. If you get tired, rest. Don't quit. Period. People quit now because they get fucking tired. BC, back in the day, conditioning when you played sports, especially football, when you have to wear 12, 15 pounds of gear and you got to work out in the heat, you know, the middle of the hot summer months. Conditioning was necessary poison. That's how I used to call it to my players. It is necessary poison. It's necessary evil. It's something you cannot avoid. And people took it for some kids just couldn't hack that and thought that it was a punishment. No, 
It's conditioning. Mentally, physically, emotionally, it is conditioning. It is fucking strengthening you. It is toughening your skin. It is fucking creating something that is not average. It's easy to be average. It's hard to be different. And motherfuckers can't grasp that concept in 2021 or or the last probably 20 years. So if you get tired, rest. Don't fucking quit. Um, Title of this show is Invest in the Uninvested. Investing in the uninvested is something that we're doing uh, on a daily basis. So investing in the uninvested is the title of this show. And I appreciate everybody on YouTube coming in and checking it out. Um, if you are interested in a slapdick bully, these are ABKC, full tri Merle bloodline registered dogs. They're going to be pretty expensive. But I will be below market, even though Stogie's world famous. Bonham is pretty famous, coming from a huge bloodline. Gatorhead bullies, if you don't follow it on IG, I would if you're a dog advocate. Uh, she's a huge bloodline out of Mississippi. Gatorhead bullies. And then Bailey is a My Styles Pit uh, bully out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Another big bloodline. So if you don't follow My Styles, follow My Styles. Go check it out. Easy. Uh, Y easy. My Styles with an easy. Check it out. So if you're interested, check it out. Torrance in the house. Jesse, what up? Um, how much... How much does coaching really matter in the NFL? I, I'm going to discuss that along with the Baker and Odell Beckham debacle that it has become in Cleveland. I'm going to discuss about investing in, un, in, un, in the uninvested. Like, why are parents investing in our children that are not invested in them or themselves? Why are coaches investing in badass fucking kids? Why kids are investing in badass coaches or programs for that matter. And why schools are investing in badass coaches and recycling them. Um, And then why does the community, the fucking alum, the boosters invest in badass leadership from the president to the ADs? I don't know. But investing in the uninvested is the title of this show, and I'm going to dive deep. Coach O was basically stepped down or been fired at LSU. We'll dive into that along with Shannon Sharp versus DK Metcalf. They got a little Twitter beef going. And then the WNBA, congrats to Candace Parker, the real CP3. I said it. That's the real CP3. A friend of mine posted it on Twitter, a female, and she's getting called bitches, ho, stay in the kitchen. It's, that's the problem that I have, man. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're mad that a girl actually knows sports. And I know this girl. She knows sports. And you're mad that she's calling you out and calling out a discussion. She's having a Opinion put out on social media that requires a disagreement, which makes for great discussion. And you come out calling her bitch, hoe, all this shit. Man, you guys are nutless. You guys, it's called small dick syndrome. You guys suffer from it. When you have to attack a woman, you guys suffer from what's called small dick syndrome. Stay in the kitchen. Like, 
this ain't the 1700s motherfucker, number one. Number two is most females nowadays are the breadwinners, you sorry fucks. So while you're all hating and sitting on your fat fucking couch watching 600 pound life, your girl is the motherfucker that's making the actual fucking bread and your fat ass is eating fucking donuts. That's just 50 50 now, I believe. It might even be more than 50 50 across the board where women were supposed to just supposed to is the quotation in there that is the stereotype. Oh, you're supposed to stay at the house. You're supposed to be in the kitchen. You're supposed to do this. This girl came out and said, fuck Chris Paul. CP3 is Candace Parker. I thought it was hilarious. She has some valid points in there. She has a discussion that is warranted, that warrants disagreement, which is good. But you got to come out and call girls bitches and shit. Like, you're a fucking cunt yourself, you fuck. Anyway, uh, I'm going to discuss the Caleb Williams, Oklahoma QB that went in. They, they look much better with that quarterback. I'm going to discuss the Dr. Pepper commercial that discusses the fucking transfer portal. I think it's hilarious. I think it's spot on. Brian Bosworth's in there. I think that shit is comical. And then we'll discuss Jerry Jones and his famous kissing of his son on the fucking lips. And uh, I guess... When you got big money, man, motherfuckers, you could kiss on the dick, kiss on the lip, kiss on the other lip, whatever you want to do. I guess you could do well, shit. Ain't no other motherfucker to answer. Ain't nobody tripping. Um, and then I'm going to go over my college and NFL picks over the weekend. Uh, I kind of was 50-50 on my college deal. Uh, I picked the Patriots actually to beat the Cowboys was the only one I really lost on that deal. Um, they had them, too. And like I said last week, I think New England's reign is over. I like Mac Jones. I think he's okay. They don't really have a lot of weapons. You know, Jacoby's their best receiver. I mean, that's just telling you they're fucking struggling. They got a decent Hunter Henry at tight end. They can't really get him to Brock. Uh, I think he did score, but I don't think uh, he's really changing the game. They don't have a run game. Their defense has supposedly put uh, $200 million into the shit. And they're horrible. They gave up 600 yards at home. The Patriots are 0-4 at home for the first time in the Bilichick era. Very interesting times. Uh, So kind of got a snippet of what we're going to talk about. Um, Shannon Sharp, DK Metcalf's funny. It's crazy, man. Like these media cats. Shannon Sharp, I get that you played and you do demand respect from who you are you got a super bowl you were a pretty fucking good player and now you've crossed over to the media which in my opinion needs to stay they need to stay in their lane because we know these cats aren't the same as we were growing up or when we played but at the same time you know dk wears the blue hair and the fucking all this weirdo shit in my opinion he reminds me of the russell westbrook of football he he wants to wear this this gear and this extravagant shit. By the way, did you guys see Russell Wilson before the game uh, doing the mock huddle shit? Um, I don't know, man. I, I like Russell Wilson's football game on the fucking field. I really do. I do not like his off the field shit. Like, I think he does too much. Um, I'm just going to be honest. That's just my opinion, man. Um, I hope he's really genuinely that good of a dude, man. Um, 
I really do because it would be crazy if he's not. Because I've heard Tebow stories. I've heard Tim Tebow stories where he supposedly was, you know, everybody thought he was a saint. And then I've heard some stories I ain't going to get into because I can't release those resources. But I've heard things that would probably shock most of America. But is that a Russell Wilson situation? Um, I don't know. Um, I hope not because I think he's genuinely a good dude. He's with Sierra and all that shit. But he does a lot of funny style shit. And, uh. I don't know, man. It's kind of interesting. I thought he was. I think he's a slap dick. You is slap dick, pretty Why much. Why you call me slap dick? Cause my dick slapped me across your face. <laughs> I just think that's really what he is. But it is what it is. I mean, each his own. Um, so you know, shit. Yeah, I don't know, man. Oh yeah, Russell being out there for the coin toss, man, is uh, is crazy. I don't know. Yeah, 25, I don't know. He might be, man. He's starting to rub me that way, man. Starting to rub me that way. Uh, Jonathan Smith at Oregon State, good friend of mine from Glendora High School, California. Uh, He spoke at clinics of mine that I've hosted, and I've got him to come speak for me at some clinics to high school coaches. He's always done it, been a good dude. Um I like Jonathan as a a person, um, and he's doing a good job at Oregon State. You know, think about it. They lost to Purdue in a pretty close game, um, if you look at it. And if you think about it, Purdue just beat the shit out of Iowa. Am I not mistaken? So that was the number two team in America, supposedly. But maybe some of you will start fucking listening that college football is watered the fuck down. If you guys continue not to believe me, that's fine. That's your choice. But you can't sit up here and tell me that Cincinnati can beat Alabama, Georgia. I'm, I don't know if they could fuck with either Michigan or Penn State. Um, I don't know if they can beat some other teams. I would like to see Coastal Carolina play Cincinnati. I think that game is what should be played. And... I believe that uh, it is watered down, man. I've been saying it for 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 a long time since the transfer portal started. I told you it was going to fucking cripple college football. It has basically eliminated JUCO talent from being what it was. It is no longer a safe haven to place kids at JUCO because everyone wants to sit out and think they're just going to go to another four-year and tell the coaches at the other four-year, stop taking these dudes you're going to have this continue. And I want to do a research and some data on how many transfer portal kids actually succeed at the new school. Yeah, you hear the stories of the Jalen Hurts of the world and uh, and, and you get these stories of, uh, you know, Justin Fields of the world. You've had a couple, but I would bet dollars to dimes that the percentage is minute in transfer portal kids having long-term success. I would bank my house on the fact that the data proves otherwise. I'm going to do some research. It might take a while. I'm actually going to do some data on that shit, man, because I want to see these coaches who are taking these kids, and are they really 
helping them or are they really crippling them and ending their career when they could actually go to JUCO and get some fucking tough loving and get out and go back to a four-year and now have some tough skin, understand some humility and hard work and what it really entails to go through some trials and tribulations and now go back to the four-year school and go ball out. So, yeah, we do have transfers at these four-year schools. You know, Troy said a couple transfers, or, or, or sorry, uh, Lawrence said there's a few transfers at Kentucky that are their best players. Well, I didn't say there weren't good players in the portal. What I'm saying is what is the percentage of kids leaving one school, entering the portal, going to another school, and having great long-term success? I guarantee you that the career-ending transfer outweighs the success story transfer. Do you want to bet on that one? Uh, anyone want to take any bets on that one? I'm just going to tell you. We can talk about it. You know, I'm curious. We're going to see. Um, no, I didn't see Patrick Mahomes dancing on Sean Taylor's memorial. What the fuck was that about? That's another weird motherfucker, man. I'm trying to tell you, motherfuckers, man. You guys, you guys don't see through the shit, man, that I see through. See? I see through the real. Like, real recognizes real. Character is a motherfucker. If you can't judge character, you have a long life to live. You're going to have a long life with many bumps in the road. If you cannot judge a person's fucking character. So... Dominic, do you know who fucking Lonnie Johnson played for? <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you understand who Lonnie played for uh, before going to Kentucky. But anyway, you know, they're going to have a lot of bumps in the road if you cannot fucking understand and how to judge character. I've been telling you guys, Patrick Mahomes, man, is a fucking gimmick guy. And his little girlfriend or whatever, the fucking Milk of Magnesia, if you watched uh, How to Drink Your Juice in South Central, uh, that's a hell of a movie, by the way. Uh, it's on Netflix, by the way, the Waynes Brothers. Um, if you know what Milk of Magnesia is and what girl I'm referencing, uh, you will laugh when I say this. But he's got the little Milk of Magnesia, and she's a weirdo fuck. And then her, his brother looks like a weirdo fuck. And if you dance on fucking... His fucking grave or his memorial, then you are that's the fucking epitome of this generation. The disrespect of these motherfuckers because they don't do any research, they don't understand, they don't know. So, anyway, I drove Lonnie Johnson from California to Kansas, played for me at Garden City Junior College, by the way. Uh, second round pick by the Texans. Uh, still talk to him, great kid. Uh, came a long way, Gary, Indiana kid. Hard life. Um, I'm so just glad to see the kid winning, man. Um, being able to buy, you know, Bentleys and houses and shit. I mean, he's doing great. Um, he's a long, real good ball skills. He was a receiver for us. We moved him to DB at Garden City. 6'3 corner. I mean, fuck. Who doesn't want that? Who can run? And uh, look what he's doing. Now he's playing safety for the Texans. And uh, who knows? He's going to sign another big contract, I'm sure. And if Texans don't keep him, I wouldn't be mad to get, see him leave. That place is a bad fucking 
organization. But his posts are always com, uh, com, you know, optimistic. He's always confident. Um, he's grown a long, long way from when I drove him from fucking the airport to Kansas, bro. Just trust me. Um, but anyway, lots to discuss, man. Um, I'm gonna start. Where the fuck do you guys think that NFL coaches really have a huge impact on football? outcomes in the NFL do you think the coaches have the same impact as they do in college see in college Urban Meyer can leave Florida turn around an average Ohio State program in one year because recruiting is our blood life at that level so you can recruit at that level and when recruiting is your blood life you can rebuild a infrastructure by changing the culture okay just so you guys are clear, I'm giving you free game here. You can change the infrastructure of a college program by changing the culture. Okay? Real quick. Um, in the NFL, you cannot. You cannot. You can try to change the culture, I guess. That comes with money, ownership money. A new coach, does he have the ears of the locker room? A lot of NFL coaches, man. The best ones are the older ones, the Billichecks, the Bill Parcells, the Jimmy Johnsons. They're the older cats that actually had success at the college level, Pete Carroll's, that can actually get grown professional people that make more money than they do to buy in. And even then, I'm just going to be honest, I've been in a lot of Pete Carroll locker rooms in Seattle. Even then, not everybody's bought in. Not everyone is bought into Pete Carroll. Not everyone's bought into Bill Parcells. That's T.O. Not everyone bought into Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick's resume speaks for itself because enough people making a right turn at the stop sign can still win you games. When it starts to when the team starts to follow the bad apples to the left at the stop sign is when you have issues. Urban is seeing those issues now. They pulled off a win. I think Miami has really digressed. Tua's not the guy. Everyone's, everyone was raving about Flores last year. He looks like a, a deer in headlights right now as a coach. He looks as bad as Joe Judge at fucking at Giants, and he looks as bad as McCarthy for the Cowboys, who's actually winning games, even though he's still mismanaging them. So... You know, I'm going to get into kind of all that shit, but I don't believe coaching matters even a half as much as it does in college at the NFL level. Bill Belichick, you know, never really played football. It's a D3 corner, I believe. Never really played the game. Uh, so they don't look at him as if, oh, man, you were an NFL stud, so I, you, ha you demanded the respect of the locker room. Belichick's a totally different cat. He went the long way around and became a grunt he became an analyst grunt worker and worked his way up into demanding the respect. He demanded. He had to earn it and demand it compared to people that automatically have it, like Mike Singletary. How did that work out? <laughs> Just because I tell people all the time, the best players that I've ever seen 
are the worst coaches that I've ever seen. That's just the truth of the matter, man. It's it's bad, bad. Good coaches struggle to me, in my opinion. They struggle to coach because they think you're supposed to do exactly what Deion Sanders can do, what Eddie George did, what Mike Singletary did. You can't do it. Like, you don't understand. That shit is, it's a, it's a real thing, man. And um, it's a real thing that demanding and earning respect is totally different. Respect earned is respect given. There's only a few cats that walk in the locker room and have it like this. Urban Meyer didn't walk into the Jacksonville Jaguars fucking locker room and have respect instantly. He's struggling. And then after the two-finger booty thing and all this other shit that's going on with him, you just wonder, are the kids going to, or the players, not kids, are the grown men now, are they going to lose interest in him and what he says? See, at a certain point, their eyes hit the floor and their ears shut off and you start filming motherfuckers like AB did Mike Tomlin in the locker room and then you start having bad apples and it takes one bad apple to fucking ruin the whole batch. And, uh, you know, are we investing in the uninvested? Like, is Urban Meyer really invested in the Jacksonville Jaguars? Or he just does he just want to be a head coach again and do those things? I don't know. I mean, NFL's a different galaxy. Jimmy Johnson said it best. It is a galaxy apart from college football. Not a different world. It's a different galaxy. So, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think the NFL coach really has as much impact as a lot of people think. So, it fucking blows my mind and it makes me laugh when I see the Stephen A. Smiths of the world and all these different people come out and say, you should fire McCarthy. He's 5-1, and one, by the way, or whatever they are. You're not going to fire him. Even though he looks horrible, how do you really know what's happening behind the scenes? How do you know he's not orchestrating this offense and defense as far as how he's dealing with his coordinators? We know that um, the, the, the kid at the Cowboys, the OC, is calling the game. Um, Kellen Moore. We know he's calling the game. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he's that's the be enemy situation or any of that. I think Andy Reid's calling that, obviously. But I'm saying Kellen Moore's calling the offense for the Cowboys. What I'm saying is, how do you know McCarthy's not doing a great job during the work week with his staff and players? Because they're winning. So it, it blows my mind when you hear these announcers say, oh, well, you know, he's horribly managing the game and da-da-da-da. He don't even know what time it was. He should have called timeout. He should have did this. He should have did that. And they're five and one. They had six hundred yards offense on uh, the New England Patriots and the great Bill Belichick. And that's furthermore proving that I think coaching is overrated at this level. Players win games, coaches lose them. I've been telling you guys this for a long time. And <sighs> New England's struggling, man. I'm just gonna be honest. Look at the Texans coach. They hire this fucking nobody. Now I, I don't want to be disrespectful and say nobody. He's obviously 
a coaching veteran. He's been coaching NFL, I think, for 30 years. So I, I apologize. See, well, you apologize when you fuck up right on the spot. That's when you apologize. You don't apologize tomorrow, fucking slapdicks. You apologize right now. I spoke out of context. I fucked up, and I was a, I was a bitch-made move for me, right? That's how you say it. That's how you say it. You know what? I was being a bitch right there. I was being an asshole. I don't know that he's shitty. What I'm saying is he's not a nobody. That's what I said. He's been coaching a long time, but he's never been a head coach in the NFL. And we hired him, not we, they hire him at the Texans. And the Texans are a bad, bad football team on NFL terms. Speaking, NFL speaking, they're a bad football team. The Jets are a bad football team. The Jaguars are a bad football team. The Miami Dolphins this year, bad football team. Then you have... Cleveland beats Pittsburgh in the playoffs last year. Everyone thinks that this Kitchens is the best thing going since sliced bread. And da 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 da. Well, now they're the most underachieving football pro organization in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns are with the most overrated quarterback in the NFL, which I've been telling you guys for how long? Baker fucking Mayfield is the most overrated motherfucker in. Since Ryan Leaf. And then Carson Wentz is right behind him, in my opinion. Well, Colts look good, Coach. He threw for 400 yards last year, last week. Well, they lost. They beat a bad Texans team. If you want to look at the Colts games this year, who they beat and who they lost to, just look at those records. They're playing against a bunch of nobodies. Similar, similarly, there's some other teams that are kind of winning. You know, the Chiefs struggle against the Washington fucking emails and come out in the second half and ball out. But Mahomes has eight touchdowns and I think 11 picks this year or some shit like that. It's not even close. Like, because he's a gimmick guy. And I've been telling you guys this. He's a talented kid. Don't get me twisted. He's got a fucking arm, a whip, throw from multiple angles and all that shit. But those multiple angle throws are improvisation, improvisation throws. And those aren't going to fucking get it done as your normal fucking everyday quarterback Habit. You're not going to get that. You can't make that your routine and think that is it's going to be it. I'm Patrick Mahomes. I throw the ball from my left hand, my underhand. I throw it like a softball pitcher. I throw it like a fucking, like, dog, that can't be your everyday five-step drop, throw the ball every fucking sidearm way. <laughs> so please understand that you guys are not grasping he can't take a drop, hit his third step or his fifth step, and make a fucking throw on time. Either can Baker fucking Mayfield. Either can Lamar Jackson. Either can Kyler Murray. But these are guys that you guys are mentioning that are elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Lamar Jackson is an elite freak of nature athlete. All right? 
Everyone on social, everyone is praising Lamar Jackson, which I am glad. The kid is the greatest fucking kid. I told you I've never bashed him. All I talk about is the truth about how he struggles to throw the football and it continues. And I'm not bashing him. Coach, you still talking shit about Lamar Jackson, but he's balling. They're winning. Dog, they run an offense I know a lot about, just so we're clear. That's what I run. It is proven that coaching is again overrated because they have yet to grasp the concept of fucking scraping the backers for pit for quarterback, crashing the dive read to make the quarterback pull the football, scraping backers to handle the fucking tackle down blocking so the backer can scrape. And stopping or having some type of triple option defense, the NFL has struggled mildly, to say the least, on how to defend Lamar Jackson. Chris Jackson plays horribly a game one versus the Ravens, or the game two versus the Ravens, the Chiefs lost, because they have him at defensive end. He's not a defensive end. He didn't know when to get wrong. He didn't know when to wrong arm a fucking guy. He didn't know how to defeat the reach. He didn't know how to defeat zone away. He didn't know how to defeat power QB power two. He looked like a fish out of water. That is coaching. You can't sit here and tell me your defensive end doesn't have a fucking clue on what his responsibilities are. Do you have the back? Do you have the Q? It's real simple. Backer. On this versus this, if the back's away or if the back is two, we're going to fucking scrape this. I mean, we're going to cancel scrape. I don't know. That's what I call it. But that means the DN takes the running back and the fucking backer spills over when the QB pulls the ball. Real simple concept. Now, offensively, you have to change things you do to block that. Well, the Ravens do it well. They run it well. They are gashing NFL D coordinators. And Lamar Jackson is like a fucking freak of nature at running it. So when you see these wide open Hollywood Browns and these wide open tight ends, it's because the defenses do not understand gap exchange. They don't understand how to defend triple option. I can pull up film and show you. So guess what happens when you have seven and eight and nine motherfuckers attacking the run box and trying to fit the run because you don't fit it correctly with your front seven. You're having to add pieces to the fit. And now you have wide open fucking receivers when Lamar's back there running around escaping. And look what's happening. You get guys wide open. Have you seen the balls that are thrown to these wide open people? They're fucking wounded ducks late. The receiver's got to stop, turn around. It's not like these are fucking crisp dime pieces on time, okay? Just understand there's a huge difference between a motherfucker throwing wide open guys and a guy hitting his drop and fitting a ball in. If you watch Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you see the difference in throwing the ball on time efficiently and effectively, accurately. The people I just mentioned, I like a lot. I like Lamar Jackson a lot, man. Greatest fucking kid. He just struggles throwing the football. Everyone's talking yesterday. Man, he diced the Chargers. No, he didn't. He was fucking 8 of 24 for 127 yards and two picks. 
How is that dicing someone? They gashed the Chargers in the fucking run game, and he hit the tight end, and he hit a few people wide the fuck open that crashed and tried to fit the box. I'm trying to explain to you, but guess what? All these haters are going to come out and be like, oh, man, Lamar Jackson. Dog, I love Lamar Jackson. I'm just telling you. If you watch, what I'm going to do is next show, if I can do it, I'm going to break down two years ago Lamar Jackson for the Ravens and this year Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. I'm going to break it down on DV Sport, huge football editing program I have. And I will show you there is absolutely not one difference in his mechanics or what he's doing to make his accurate to to improve his accuracy or anything. He has not yet got better. So you can't tell me that coaching is killing it in the NFL. It's not. Players win you games. Coaches lose them. Lamar Jackson is a guy, if he fucking gets outside on you or they run power read and B-gap and he goes hash number sideline on your ass, you can't catch him. He's better than your guy. It's real fucking simple. Football's not hard. Get the best players, fucking try to put them in position to be successful, and if you call a fucked up play, guess what? Your better player is going to do something better than this shitty player. <laughs> it's not real fucking hard. Defenses are struggling to stop the Ravens. The Ravens defense is pretty good and they have a great running game and they're going to continue to gash folks until they understand what defense mechanism stops triple option football. How to cancel scrape, how to do different things on defense, how to muddy the box without adding People, meaning secondary enforcement, they can be a lot better. Until that happens, the Ravens are going to continue to do good things, which I'm happy about, but what I'm just trying to tell you is he's still not doing great job throwing the ball, which is his number one job. Now, if the Ravens are telling him, fuck, I, we don't care how you throw the football, then I'm so happy, I'm even happier for him. Because that means Harbaugh said, fuck it, we're hanging our hat on this thing. Which I know they did because their backup quarterback from McSorley and all these other guys, RG3 last year, they all run the same thing. They all can't, none of them can throw. They're all freaks of nature that can run. So you can, I can tell you that Harbaugh has bought in philosophy. His philosophy is bought in. Philosophically, they're all in with this triple option shit. You don't see any other team in football in the NFL that is bought in from top to bottom with the same philosophy if the quarterback gets injured. The Ravens run the same offense if McSorley comes in. They run the same offense if RG3 came in. If you watch other football teams, they change offenses. You know, look, go from fucking Justin Fields coming in to replace fucking Redhead, right? I can't even think of his name, so I don't care. But... The offense has changed. So I want to make sure you guys understand that and grasp that the Ravens are fully bought into this running triple option. And that's kudos to them. Until somebody realizes, and I still think that some defenses in the, in the long run, some defenses are going to figure him out, the, the better ones. And uh, he will struggle to throw the football, which will eliminate his opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. That's just my opinion. 
Baker Mayfield, the most overrated quarterback in in the generation. I, people now are like, oh man, it's, he's horrible. But they've been saying he's the shit forever. Like Dan Orlovsky, I, I you know, me and him are cool and everything, but he continues to support Baker, just like he did Carson Wentz. I, yeah, Andy Dalton. You know, the offense is different from Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. So every quarterback, every team has to kind of go with their backup quarterback as being some usually different style of guy than their starter. The Ravens have made it a fucking sole purpose to run the completely or the exact same offense with all quarterbacks. That's the difference. And that's why I believe. They're continuing to just peck away. And that's how hard it is to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. That's just how hard it is. So you got to understand that. Um, Baker, though, being the most overrated fuck in the generation, he has ruined one of the greatest ball skill receivers that I've seen in recent generations of time. Like, Odell Beckham is a fucking no one. Like, who is Odell Beckham? He's a nobody. He can't get a ball thrown to him on time to save his fucking life. You wonder why he's always hurt? Because the balls are being thrown behind him. Stretched out to go get the ball. Late. He's taking hits with helmets. He's taking shots in the knees. He's taking hand hits. He's taking shoulder hits because he can't get the ball on time. Just telling you, Baker is not a winner. He's not very good. He's very average, and he's ruining his chance to get paid. Because the Allens of the world, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, these guys, and now you got the Kyler Murrays who was drafted after him, but those are drafting the same draft year guys. Allen and uh, Lamar Jackson and Baker all the same year if I don't if I'm not mistaken. So if they're the same year, Allen just got paid. Do you think they're going to pay Mayfield for this fucking shitty ass average shit? He's ruining his chances in my opinion, and I think he's going to struggle um to get paid. And I think I don't think his career is lasting much longer in, in Cleveland. I think Cleveland, Stefanski or whatever, I, I think he has a shitload of talent, both on offense and defense. Again, he's a guy I think is overrated because coaching as a, in totality is overrated. I'm trying to tell you guys, I don't believe coaching is very, very impactful at the NFL level like it is at college. And I just think that, if you can get guys to buy in some sort of relationship in the locker room, some sort of team building chemistry, I think you can get some great players due to free agency and all the things and moving parts in the NFL. It's just, it's really a luck of the draw thing, man. It's like really, when did you coach that team? In my opinion, when did you take over that team that happened to have Jerry Rice, Rich Gannon, Fucking! When did you coach that team that had Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin and fuck? I mean, like, dog, think about it. Jimmy Johnson's a great fucking coach. He won two Super Bowls and was fired because they didn't get along, and, and he won a national championship. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. Also, he had a lot of fucking talent 
at the right time. I don't know. Um, Kyler Murray, Arizona Cardinals, obviously 6-0. First time, I think, since like fucking 1940s when they were St. Louis Cardinals or whatever. Uh, you know, he is doing, you know what he's doing? He's taking advantage of what the defense gives him, A. So, I don't, me and Kingsbury don't really get along, but kudos to Kingsbury for getting him to grasp that concept, even though he wasn't even there at the game yesterday as the main play caller. Kyler didn't look like a beat was missed. They have great weapons. DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, is the second best receiver in football. Um, behind Adams and they have a good running game they have a great defense Kyler Murray gets more opportunities than most other quarterbacks they have a uh J.J. Watt and uh and my boy over there the other DN that had five fucking sacks game one they're balling out on defense getting him more opportunity Kyler's a little jitterbug back there who can fucking fly around and make plays just like Lamar similar to Lamar I think Kyler Murray's a better thrower of the football Throws a crisper football. Throws better spiral. He has a better release. He's just so little that if you keep him in the pocket, he struggles to see things and make reads on an accurate, timely fucking, you know, on rhythm. He struggles. So you see the so-called stereotypical athletic quarterback, basically motherfuckers just saying, you're a black quarterback, you have to be an athlete, which is, it's kind of old, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of fucking old, but at the same time, the stereotypical black quarterback who's supposedly the athlete, just so you know, Warren Moon wasn't a fucking dude that ran around. Randall Cunningham, you saw him running around, he wasn't a triple option guy. Randall Cunningham was like a long fucking strider. He wasn't a guy shaking motherfuckers like Mike Vick and Lamar Jackson. He was a longer strider, but he was a thrower. Randall used to sit back and throw the ball 70 fucking yards down the field. Warren Moon threw the football all over the park. Warren Moon was one of my favorites of all time throwing the football. So my point being is when you can't, grasp or understand reading coverage or being accurate with the football i.e fucking baker mayfield lamar jackson kyler murray what happens is you struggle and you want to escape and you want to start making improvised throws you want to get on the edge you want to start throwing the football on the run because you're comfortable out there you could beat people with your feet what happens is by the time you're doing all that and i'm giving you guys free game. By the time that the quarterback does all that, the wide open receiver in the end zone has already been covered back up. That's why you have yet to see a scrambler truly win a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, maybe. He wasn't a fucking triple option guy. He ran with his feet. But remember, he ran with his feet to make plays stepping up in the pocket, climbing the pocket, escaping the pocket when he's hitting his fifth step and has pressure. He's not just running around trying to make improvised throws. Russell can throw the football with anybody on time, in rhythm, great football, strong arm, deep ball, probably the best in football. He's not running around back there fucking trying to make plays, missing guys in the end zone. 
That is the issue, and that's why 9 out of 10 NFL coaches will tell you, I'd rather have the guy hit a fucking fifth step and throw the ball on time to my wide-open guys than run around and try to make plays. The only guy you could say that won a Super Bowl that was a runner was Steve Young, but I'm just telling you, if you look back at the history, Steve Young stopped running and finally won a Super Bowl. When Steve Young kept running around, he did not ever win a Super Bowl. Go look it up. I know my shit when it comes to quarterbacks, fellas. I'm not trying to be a, a dick on this thing. Um, I wish I could tell you who's texting me, man. It's just funny. that People from very big, well-known people text me about crucial information about my takes on things about certain programs, and it's crazy. But I'm the one not coaching. Um, anyway i think odell beckham needs to be traded regardless of what anyone thinks the packers would be a great destination the rams would be a great destination Um, i would say the seahawks but they don't have a quarterback no offense gino i love gino he just he made some great throws last night up by the way I just don't think he's the guy that you're going to want to go play for right now if Russell Wilson's down. That's my point in that. Not a shot, not a knock on Geno. Um, just to clarify, Odell Beckham needs to go. You know what I mean? Now, I don't think he thrives in this, with the Saints either. I don't think Jameis can be the guy to constantly feed that guy. This guy needs to be, you know, he's a prima donna. This makes sure this blonde hair motherfucker we clear that he's a prima donna. So you have to make sure that he's your primary guy that you want to try to feed the ball to. Okay, let's make sure of this. And by saying that, he's got to go to somewhere like a a Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, even though right now they're winning and all that, Diggs only has one touchdown on the season because they're fucking bracketing him if you haven't watched and guess who's coming open a lot more and who's become who's balling out for the bills i don't even watch football but i know football the tight end for the bills is balling out because you can't double everyone and so when you're trying to take away an elite guy like stefan diggs now you have a tight end who's really good who's gashing people now you have um you know, you have other people. You need another fucking star. So I think Odell Beckham going to the Bills, which nobody else has discussed, is a huge thing. But nobody else has said that. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm just really, uh, Odell Beckham is getting wasted, though. I like to see his fucking great plays. We're missing football plays because he is a non-factor. Like, it's like... In college football, when Florida State, Miami, Nebraska, USC is shitty. College football is not the same. I don't give a fuck what you say. Coach, I'm tired of seeing Alabama and Clemson going to the fucking national championship game. So fucking what? Go be better. Well, the portal has basically watered down fucking everybody. So now you got Georgia. And I'm curious to see who even is close to him. Alabama, because of Saban and and what he gets out of his kids on a day-to-day basis, I believe Georgia and Alabama would be the best game this year in the country that has to offer. Besides that, I think the rest of the teams are average. Uh, I think Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State are going to beat each other uh, up. 
and I don't believe either one of them are very good. Oklahoma State's still undefeated. I don't believe they're very fucking good either. Uh, Texas had them again and, and again wasted a fourth quarter. Um, that's when you start losing teams, fellas, just so you know. Sark's a good friend of mine, by the way, so is Lane. But in my opinion, you have this money, okay? No knock on anyone. I'm just being the tr- just telling the truth. They might be mad at me. Texas and Ole Miss has all the money in the world to spend on all the coaches in the world. But yet, you have possibly the top two play callers in college football. Sark and Lane, okay? Let's be clear. On offense. And if you look, what does their offense do every week? Scores 40 pretty much. Texas was leading every category in offense in that conference. Every single thing Texas is number one in. Rushing, passing, total yards, first down, third down conversion. Everything they led, I think, are number one or two in. Ole Miss leading the SEC in offense. They're, they're, they're doing this, this, and this. But their defense is both horrible. And their coaches on defense are fucking bad. You can't continue to hire these guys and, <laughs> and be considered elite. Saban goes the other way. He puts his ducks in a row on defense. Offense, guess what? What does Saban do every year, if you guys haven't noticed? He gets a coordinator a fucking head job every single year. Why is Alabama still a powerhouse every single year? Because defense wins championships. Why is it that nobody who has left Saban or Bilicek can be successful as a head fucking coach? Please understand why not. I just want to make sure we're clear. Why the fuck can they not? What are they doing in meetings? What are they doing seeing this thing through osmosis? It's sad. But anyway, um, somebody on YouTube said, uh, I love it. I love it. I want to see his resume, by the way. I'm going to ask you for your resume here, dog. All right. Mids plug. You're my boy, but you're saying Sark and Lane can't sniff Ryan Day's jock in play calling. Ryan Day is not even in the same fucking category as Sark or Lane, just so we're clear, okay? Please understand that. So, I uh, just want to make sure we understand. Hey, I got to take a call. I'll give you one quick. I'm going to take a break real quick. You can watch my little video again. Fuck it. It's about to go. Down. Coach Jason Brown. Coach Jason Brown. Jason Brown has really done wonders with this program. What's up, guys? It's the real Coach JB here. I'm a master motivator. I ain't no regular ass motivator. That's what we do. What we do. Lot and lot, lot and lot. Yo, get your hands. Book is dropped officially. Hate me now, love me later. Hardback and paperback. A kid has never left my program and got kicked out of the four year or thrown in jail. Never. 220 kids, D1, 22 in the NFL. Listen to them talk. You don't listen to somebody talking in the language that those youngsters understand. It's the Suge Knight of football. It'll be a great, great, great read, all right? Um, the definition of coaching is getting where you fit and get yourself. Just save one of them, man. It's in my book. Save one. Great quotes from some great folks here. And uh, please go out and support it, enjoy it. 
Part of my book, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. I think uh, I appreciate all the fans getting it. His style is a lot more bombastic than what Kansans are used to. Hate Me Now, Love Me Later. Uh, it's on Amazon. Everybody should check that out. Boom, I'm back, dog. I had to take a call that I missed. Uh, All right. Um, I apologize. So, anyway, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm really, uh, that kind of bothers me. The whole thing I was talking about the CP3, Candace Parker, she is CP3. She fucking won a title before Chris Paul. Please fuck with me on that. Tell me I'm tell me otherwise. Ryan Day cannot fucking hold Lane or Sark's nutsack, by the way. So just so we're clear. Um Appreciate you guys on YouTube again. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Noah became a member. Appreciate you. Bree, what's up? Living in, in the house. Joe, I know you're a coach of Norman. Uh you, you live in Norman. Um if you guys think Ed Ozron is going to be the new head coach at USC, you guys are very, very foolish. <laughs> you guys think that USC is going to redo the Ed Ogeron thing? Come on, man. What, you guys really come up with some shit. Uh, and it's crazy to me. Hey, I got to take this call again. I apologize, man. I hate to show you this fucking video over and over, but I got to do it. Give me two seconds. It's about to go down. Coach Jason Brown. Coach Jason Brown. Jason Brown has really done wonders with this program. What's up, guys? It's the real Coach JB here. I'm a master motivator. I ain't no regular ass motivator. That's what we do. Lot and let. Lot and let. Yo, get your hands. The book is dropped officially. Hate me now, love me later. Hardback and paperback. A kid has never left my program and got kicked out of the four year or thrown in jail. They explode. Never. 220 kids, D1, 22 in the NFL. Listen to them talk. You're going to listen to somebody talking in the language that those youngsters understand. It's the Shug Knight of football. It'll be a great, great, great read. All right. The definition of coaching is getting where you couldn't get yourself. Just save one of them, man. It's in my book. Save one. Great quotes from some great folks here. And uh, please go out and support it, enjoy it. Uh, coaches, general population alike, uh, we'll get something out of it, I promise. Part of my book, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, I think, uh, I appreciate all the fans getting it. His style is a lot more bombastic than what Kansans are used to. Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, uh, it's on Amazon, everybody should check that out.
Yeah.
No, I hear you. Sure. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Uh -huh, bye bye. All right, I'm back. Apologize. Um, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to edit the podcast now. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know what that was about, man? It was registering Stogie and Bonham because they're ABKC registered, but I have to get the paperwork for these puppies coming. So it's been a struggle, man, because of the pandemic. It slowed everything down, and they're out in Virginia and all kind of shit. Anyway, man, what about this right here? I just want to fucking show this. I just want to make sure we're clear on this shit. What the fuck is going on with that shit? Why is Jerry Jones kissing his son on the lips? I don't know why. Um, it's kind of interesting to me, but holy fuck. Um, who knows? It's crazy. Um, I don't believe Coach O is going to USC. They're not going to do that again. Um, I don't believe that, I believe that he got divorced. See, you know, no offense, ladies in the room, Bree. Um, I don't know if Lucy's in here or not and whoever else is in here, but pussy is undefeated and new pussy is the other thing that's undefeated. And these people that make millions of dollars continue to blow my mind that proves the fact that pussy is undefeated. They cannot avoid it or stay away from it. And it has struggled. It has struggled. They've struggled to continue to perform their job duties at a high level because pussy's undefeated. Ogeron fucking got divorced and his life seems to have gone. Whoop. They say that he has single females on campus at practice for him. That is a rumor. They say that his kids are out there running football plays at practice. Like what kind of shit shows going on here? He makes nine million dollars a year. Nine fucking million dollars a year. <laughs> Holy fuck. Investing in the uninvested. No, I don't blame Coach O. I blame LSU. I blame the boosters and the alumni. The fucking Ryan Clarks of the world on ESPN who continue to have a platform for no fucking reason and says the most idiotic shit you could possibly hear he should have a fucking say so. Why doesn't he go in and talk to some people and start getting some shit done? He's an alum, right? I don't know, man. Nine million dollars. You are a fucking idiot with a PhD to hire a motherfucker that's going to do these things. So the you're not fucking investing properly, wisely. You are fucking blowing my mind you're operating like a juco would with unlimited resources <laughs> it doesn't even make sense I, I don't get it it blows my mind so 
<sighs> I don't know. You know, parents, right? We have a fucking pandemic going on, and it's about kids and disrespect and how they are with teachers, and they go on fucking TikTok, and they have these challenges to hit a teacher and to beat up a motherfucker in the bathroom. And Mom and dad, I'm talking to you, okay? I'm talking to you. Your kid is uninvested in himself. Just when we're clear. He's uninvested in his own self. You cannot want it more than your players as coaches, than your kids as parents, than your AD as a coach, than your president as an athletic director, and then as your fucking boosters and alum, as in the community. The, you can't want it more. The community can't want it more than the president of the university who hires the coach, who coaches the kids, who go home to the parents. There's no investment in uninvested people. You're fucking working backwards. You're working uphill. You're working against piss in the wind. You're pissing in the wind. Why are we investing in our own children if they're not investing in themselves, parents? Quit buying them Dodge Chargers souped up. Quit getting them cell phones and paying their bills. When they fuck up, how about you shut off the phone bill? Let them go to Boost Mobile at Walmart. Let them fucking pay the bill. I don't give a fuck if it's 30 bucks. Let them do it and learn how to grow up. Maybe they won't slap the teacher. Maybe they won't disrespect the adult. Maybe they won't hit the fucking transfer portal. Have you guys seen the Dr. Pepper transfer portal commercial? That shit is comically spot on. Brian Bosworth, it's fucking spot on. You should watch that shit. I can't show it. YouTube will fucking ban me. So, coaches, why are we investing in badass kids? Why are we investing in the uninvested? Coaches, you guys continue to invest in kids who don't show up to practice, who are late to practice, who miss practice, who... Talk back, who tells you this is going to be this way or this way, and I'm the fucking 15 to 17-year-old kid who's never bought a fucking thing in my life for myself, but yet I'm a fucking shot caller, right? You keep investing in them, though. You keep talking to schools about them, lying to colleges about how good of a kid they are so you can get a kid out at your school so you can get other kids into your school but you don't see the big picture, dog. All you high school coaches out there, you don't see the big picture. This shit is a crippling not only the kid, but your program in the long run. You might have a year or two success. It ain't going to last. It's unsustainable. You can't do it for a long term. They're going to see through it. You are coaching that kid differently than the rest of the kids on your team. They see through it. Oh, fuck. Juju's getting treated different than this guy and the rest of these guys. He can miss and be late because he's the motherfucker, right? He's going to USC. He's going to Ohio State. He's going to Alabama. Dog, please understand. 
you're crippling the future of your program and yourself and the kid, the baby, the most important thing, the baby. You're crippling him by allowing him to transfer, by lying to him, by telling him it's okay to miss, be late, go to class, sit in the back row, do all these fucking things. And then you wonder why you have a transfer portal issue crippling junior college. You wonder why this kid in high school has gone to four schools. You wonder why he goes home and his mom don't discipline the motherfucker because she has no understanding of what's going on because she's not invested. You can't be invested in the uninvested and uninvested in the invested. It doesn't make sense. It's going against the grain. That's why we're fucked up in a society right now, period. But I'm just preaching to you guys real shit. You don't understand. You might not grasp. I don't know. Kids, I'm going to be real. You know, I'm real across the board now. Kids. Why are you investing in the uninvested? Why are you investing in badass coaches, badass programs? Because you're cool with a seven-on-seven trainer? Because you're cool with the homies at the seven-on-seven fucking games? These guys are crippling your future. They're the worst fucking coach, so-called. I don't even know why they're called a coach. They're really a street agent. They should work at a fucking liquor store or a barber shop. You're listening to these motherfuckers and putting your future in their hands. Holy fuck, man. You got to be shitting me. But you and your mom, who supposedly is invested in you, and if you are one of the invested young men or women out here, then how come you guys aren't doing the research to look into the shitty, disgenuine, Liar, unloyal coach. It's because their uniforms are pretty? Because they have fucking neon in them? Because they have a Nike contract? You have the opportunity to turn over rocks and figure out what the fuck it is that this school has to offer. Not what the coach has to offer. That coach could be gone tomorrow. Pick the school. Even though I know the coach is the reason most kids go to the school, just so we're clear. A lot of motherfuckers say pick the coach, pick the school over the coach. Well, that doesn't happen nowadays, just so we're clear. The coach is the one that gets the kids in there, not the school. I had eight NFL players play at Compton fucking college, okay? We had a dirt track with fucking bottles on the grass, okay? Trust me. It's the coach. It wasn't the fucking school. They were owing fucking 30 before I took them over. Cabrillo, Long Beach Cabrillo in the top five high school, best high school division in fucking the country was six and 57 before I took the job. Well, we went seven and three year one culture change, changed the culture, brought a few kids in, changed the culture and the uninvested became invested because I was invested. They saw it. They knew I was genuine. I was real. This guy's really invested in us. Last year, I had the same fucking talent go 0-10. Why the fuck did I go 7-3 with your talent, last coach? You were not invested in them. You didn't keep them. You didn't have 6 a.m. weights. You didn't fucking keep them after school so they didn't get smoked in front of the fucking school because there's a brown and black war going on. All that shit's taken in accountability. Same thing at the four-year level, in my opinion. I don't give a fuck if the fucking George Floyd gets killed by a cop. 
and Chip Kelly and USC and Davo Sweeney, they can't even issue a fucking statement off the top of their dome. Off the rip. They need a PR guy to come in and give a fucking statement for them. When in theory, if you're a guy and a go-getter and understand, this is why USC can't hire a motherfucker outside of L.A. If you're a true L.A. Cali guy, you fucking go get your kids, put them in their sweat jumpsuits, and you smash down exposition. (laughs) And you walk in unity as a team at USC. That shit would have been the fucking thing to do. You would have got some fucking dudes out of that deal being genuine. Not faking the funk. Being a genuine motherfucker because that's who those kids came to play for. But that's what Division I schools are scared of when it comes to me. They know that every single fucking slap dick, swinging dick in America will come and play for my motherfucking ass. And they know that shit and every Division I coach knows that shit. And I'm dropping the mic on that shit. That's just real talk. And everyone that knows me out there listening is like, fuck. Yeah, if JB got the job at this place or that place, uh, I think he's right. <laughs> I, I'm just banking on myself. I bet on myself my whole life, dog. I'm never going to stop betting on myself. So bottom line is, I'm pretty fucking sure that I'll get every motherfucker at a at a fucking college if you gave me a Division One polo, and it would change the game. These guys know what the fuck that. They know what's happening. They understand that shit. Don't think they don't. I love Lance Leopold at University of Kansas. I'm just telling you. <laughs> it would have been a little different already. You got it or you don't got it. Period. I don't give a fuck if you're a player, a coach, or administrator. I don't give a fuck. And the investment is real, and you're genuine and loyal. Kids will buy in. They'll play for you. They'll come to play for you, A. And then they'll fucking win for you, B. Because you're getting them a scholarship, C. And furthering their careers and education, like Saban's doing at Alabama. Why do you think they're beating kids in L.A. Out, LA schools out for kids? Because their kids are going to the NFL. Their kids are getting their degree. They're getting likeness fucking deals. Like, just think about it. So, that's what happened at USC when Pete Carroll was there. Why do you think everybody was going to SC from Alabama area or Tennessee or Florida? They were coming out west because that's what Pete Carroll had going on. Slap dicks. You guys lay down. So that's my point. You guys got to hopefully grasp it. Don't in, Investing in the uninvested is a real thing, and we continue to do it. That's why we're all split up. But do some research, kids and moms. I say moms because 90% of the kids are fucking single-parent home kids. Do some research into who this guy really is that you're choosing to go play for, that you're sending your son to, so you don't enter the transfer portal in a fucking year with a tweet that says, I've decommitted. That's the soft fucking way out, man. Schools, why are you investing in these badass coaches that are uninvested? Why are you investing in the uninvested? Schools. (laughs) You paying dudes $17 million to leave 
and then you're recycling and hiring another motherfucker that really hasn't won. Because there's only three motherfuckers out there that really win. Dabo, Saban, and fucking, uh, well, Ogeron won one because of a situation. I believe his true colors are showing now, which I like it a lot. I just don't think he's a head coach. So if you look before they won the Natty, and then after, he's been average as shit all across the board. He had Burrow. He had an OC. He had a DC, Aranda, two head coach, or one's a o, D, NFL OC. One is a, a, a D1 head coach in Aranda, who's a California native, who I would be calling if I was USC. He's an Inland Empire guy out here from where, kind of where I'm living. And they had the right fit at the right time. I just talked to you guys about timing and who you have at your, in your program at that particular time. You're telling me Ed Ogeron isn't a fucking, isn't benef, didn't benefit an, from a national championship by timing of who he had there? His staff and players? Burrow was a transfer, just so we're clear. So you have to understand, he was a person, a perfect example of timing at the right time being the coach. That's why I tell you coaching's overrated. He is now showing you what happens when you can't sustain recruiting, you can't sustain good staff, and why has Saban never fallen off dramatically like this? And he loses a coach to a fucking Division One every year. He loses a guy to the co- to the NFL or the, another school every single year. And his program is still up here. So just understand that. Um... Yeah, you know, people could say, you know, what if Burrow never transferred? And I know JB always bashes the transfer portal. Like I told you, there's data to be had. And I guarantee you there's 90% of the 90% of the success stories. Are, I mean, 90% are outweighed by non-success. I guarantee you 90% of these stories have failed in the transfer portal in long-term success. 10% have had success. Jalen Hurts, Burrow, Justin Fields. There's only a few. Look at the Tate Martells of the world. Look at the fucking all these other thousands of kids in the portal right now who have nowhere to go. Or go to a program and get, get, get kicked out again or don't play again. That's why I'm telling you the coaches should be the guys investing in these kids are just bringing them in as a piece of meat in the fucking meat market, which I tell you guys, that is what it really is. But these kids don't realize they're a piece of meat in the meat market. Until they do, they'll start investing in the fucking investors, not the uninvestors. <laughs> these guys aren't uninvested. They're uninvested in you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a shit about you in the long term. Start doing some fucking research, man, so you don't just have to fucking use transferring because I'm getting lied to as your crutch. Just so we're clear. So stop fucking being a slapdick. Go do some research. Um, schools are doing the same thing with hiring coaches, though. They're hiring these coaches. They're, they're investing in an uninvested coaches. When that coach will leave you in a New York minute for another place that pays more money. So start doing some research, man, on your end. You're a fucking 
Auburn and Georgia's and Texas A&M's and fucking Kentucky's and Vanderbilt's. Now, Kentucky's doing well. A&M beat Alabama, but fuck, what has Jimbo really done at A&M? Besides his one good year at Florida State when he won it, as a coordinator, he's been great. He's a great offensive mind. What has he done as a head coach? He won one. He could put him in the same category as Ed Ogeron. Can we not? What has he done before or since that natty? (sighs) Community boosters and alum. Why are you guys investing in the uninvested? You guys hire and fucking vote in and out these board members and these presidents of these universities. Where's the alum at from these programs that are paying $17 million to get guys to leave? Where are you at? Where is your voice? Why are you investing in these uninvested cats that have no investment in those kids? They just want a payday. I'm just keeping it real, dog. There's not a lot of fucking coaches out there that's really real about it. They want a payday. They want to move on to the next place and fucking do that. Give me the fucking Akron job. Give me the fucking Bowling Green job. Give me a job. I don't give a fuck. UNLV, how the fuck are you undefeated? I'm sorry. How the fuck are you defeated? You haven't won a game at UNLV. How the fuck are you 0-6 at UNLV? I just got asked a question. Well, coach, it's not... Motherfuck, please. Give me the fucking UNLV polo. You're got... Vegas talent is very, very good. Let me just break that down. Vegas is old LA transplanted talent from years ago. There's a lot of fucking talent in Vegas. North Vegas. You got the hood area of Vegas. You got... The, even the Bishop Gormans, who's not the same school, there's still a lot of talent in Vegas. Lock down your backyard. Don't lose Vegas talent to TCU, to Arizona, to Texas. That's what they're doing. A, that's A at UNLV. B, this is the most, this is the richest city in America. <laughs> they don't shut their fucking lights off. You know what their light bill is per night in Vegas? You know how much they spend on their light bill to run the strip? Have you guys ever Googled that shit? It would blow your mind. Google that shit. How much they pay for the lights to stay on in Vegas on the strip. All those casinos, all that power. You should Google what it costs. And that's your investment in your fucking college in the fucking city of Vegas? The devil's den? That's your investment? Holy fuck. You have unlimited resources in Vegas. I don't want to hear that shit. But you don't even want to invest in that shit. You got motherfucker. You're in Vegas. You're a 50-minute flight from L.A. 50-minute flight from Los Angeles. The fucking recruiting trip should be off the chain. That's not even something I want to discuss. Secondly, you're a three-hour drive from L.A. You're a fucking three-hour drive from Phoenix. A 45-minute flight. You're not too far. You're an hour-and-a-half flight from Texas. You can't win in Vegas? Motherfucker, please. 
You got to be shitting me. So let me ask you this. Cincinnati can win in Cincinnati, Ohio, but UNLV can't win in Vegas. I'm sorry that I give you these fucking relative situations and perspectives reality. (sighs) Cincinnati's undefeated number two in the land. They're both group of five programs, just so we're clear. UNLV, I think, is a mid-major. As so was Cincinnati at one time. You're telling me that Cincinnati can win, but UNLV cannot Let me even put it down in a different way. San Diego State, ladies and gentlemen, is unfucking defeated right now. They're in San Diego. What in the fuck is the difference between them and UNLV? Do you know with traffic, it's about the same fucking drive from L.A. to San Diego as it is from L.A. to Vegas? Because I guarantee you could less traffic going to Vegas than you would going to San Diego at a particular time of the day. And you would be shocked on how long it took. It'd probably take you three. I've, I've literally drove from L.A. to San Diego. It took me six hours. And it's an hour and a half drive. So San Diego State should not be undefeated in UNLV 0-6. I'm just keeping it real. I'm just telling you straight out. You can't tell me otherwise. Give me the fucking UNLV job. You think I'm going to fucking be 0-6 at UNLV? Let me gut that motherfucking program. Let me go 0 for the year, first year. Just give me three years. Like, motherfucker, don't even pay me like you pay these other motherfuckers. Like, these motherfuckers getting paid millions of dollars to be below average. The investment in the uninvested is fucking killing me, man. It's unbelievable how fucking bad it is. But you guys continue to be the people supporting it. All you guys on social media, all these fucking people out there. Like, any school in the Pac-5, in my opinion, should not be shitty. Wazoo. Cal. Like, Stanford. have Have you guys looked up what the head coach at Stanford makes? Do you guys know what he makes? David Shaw, do you guys know what he makes? Dude, you guys don't understand. Um, I'm going to show you some shit. You're going to trip because the new coaching salaries finally were released, okay? I'm going to break this down to you. I'm going to show you some shit. I want to make sure you see this, okay? There's certain websites you can go see and see the, the what they make, Okay. So there's no other podcast in the world that's as real as this one. Slapdick Podcast. Make sure you like and hit subscribe button, like button on YouTube. Nick Saban makes $9,753,000 a year as the head football coach. And understand his buyout is $38 million. $38 million hits his buyout. Okay. Ed Ogeron, the motherfucker who just beat Florida who just was fired, forcefully fired, says he'll finish out the year, makes $9 million a year. His buyout is $17 million. 
You understand he's going to get roughly around $17 million to leave. David Shaw, Stanford's head coach, is the third highest paid coach in America. He makes almost $9 million. And what has Stanford won lately? Holy fuck. Dabo makes $8,300,000. But just so we know, he took a reduction at the pandemic. He took a million two. So he was making more than every. I think Dabo was the highest paid, but he took a $1.2 million hit for the athletic program. Lincoln Riley's $7,600,000 a year hasn't won shit. Hasn't won a motherfucking thing. Dan Mullen, who just got beat by Ogeron, makes $7.5 million a year. Jimbo Fisher makes $7.5 million a year. Do you know what Jimbo Fisher's buyout is, though, ladies and gentlemen? I just want to make sure everybody's clear here. He has the largest buyout of anybody in America. It's $95 million Jimbo Fisher would be owed if they fired him. $95 million they would pay Jimbo Fisher to leave. Just so you guys understand this money. And then all you academic gurus out there who think that the math and science labs actually run the school are fucking idiots. You don't think that the BCS bowl games and the natties and all these sponsors and the TV contracts pay for your fucking computer labs and science laboratories on your campus, your computer, all new computers and shit. Willie Taggart got $17 million to leave Florida State when they fired him, just so we're clear. But anyway, if you can see on YouTube, this thing goes down deep, you know, and these motherfuckers are making millions and you're telling me that they really have no investment in these kids their investment on on 90 percent of these cats right here investment is shit it's all who you know and it's the investing in the uninvested what's why are you you paying scott frost five million dollars at nebraska they owe him 20 million if he leaves they owe him 20 million if he leaves Mike Leach, they paid $5 million to, but they don't owe him anything. They paid him $5 million, and I told you you can't come out here throwing the fucking ball around the park every down in the SEC and think you're going to win. You're going to get drugged 49-9 to like Alabama just did to you. He has digressed at Mississippi State, where Lane has actually progressed at Ole Miss, if you haven't paid attention. Ole Miss is going up, right? One's transcending, one's ascending, and one of these motherfuckers making $5 million. Lane Kiffin makes $4.8 million, right? They don't even show their buyouts. Um, Clay Helton was making almost $5 million at USC. So just so we're clear, I want to make sure you're, uh, you understand. I'm trying to find my boy... Um, Jeff Brom at Purdue makes $4.5 million. He was my arena league coach. Um, good dude, actually. Big win for him. Mike Norvell at Florida State makes $3.75 million and lost to Jacksonville State. Their head coach makes $180,000. Just so we're clear, 
I want to make sure you understand. That is where we sit, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy Lake at Washington makes $3 million a year. He lost to Montana fucking state. <laughs> oh, fuck. My bad. I was showing you guys a little too much on there. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> These guys are making millions of dollars and who's investing in these motherfuckers the presidents who have phds who hire a search firm to hire these guys who know nothing about their campus or what kids are on it and then the alumni don't speak up the boosters are continuing to hire the fucking same old fucking people and pushing for the same recycled fucking people and when is the fucking investment going to really take when are you going to see the investment when are you going to really see the fucking outcome being a positive one it's very very few man there's only a few of these motherfucking positive outcomes most of them are shitty most of these outcomes are shitty investing in the uninvested man I'm just telling you um, I don't know. I'm just, I really truly believe it, but Hey, what do I know, man? I just try to give you the real shit and try to understand, make sure you understand that this thing is, uh, this thing is real. Um, these kids and parents are investing in these college programs and the coaches are leaving one year. I get it, but you're investing in a program where a coach will leave you in one year tells me you did a pretty bad fucking job of research on that motherfucker. You didn't turn over rocks and fucking really dig deep because then you want to do a decommit tweets and tr enter the portal. Like dog, I'm telling you, it, it blows my mind that the research you guys do is, is uh, minimal at best. And then you suck your teeth, bitch, and moan about I got fucked over by the coach and I did this. And look at this commercial. You can't tell me this ain't the fucking best shit ever. On a spooky Fansville by Dr. Pepper. Sheriff, come quick. Rico's about to enter the transfer portal. Rico, you don't need to transfer. Have you seen the latest depth chart? I'd be lucky to play it down this year. But you're only a sophomore. There's still time. <laughs> Rico's time is now. Uh, that shit right there is dead on balls accurate. I got to be real. They did a fucking Dr. Pepper commercial about the transfer portal. That's how prominent this motherfucker is. And I'm just, it's crazy. You know, I'm the only Juco coach. Um, ever to have two Lombardi finalist award nominees. Um, Jermaine Johnson at Florida State, who's having a hell of a year, and Coy Dang, who's at Cal, who's injured, actually, so it kind of fucked him. He was, was a captain at Cal. Uh, I think he's an NFL player as well. Calvin Jackson uh, doing a great job for Washington State. I actually put Calvin, who wants a puppy of mine, actually, he just tweeted me. I actually put Calvin in my fucking DraftKings now. I shouldn't tell him that. So, Calvin, keep balling. I ain't going to tell you what you score me. Um, but, 
Ogeron is not the fit at USC, just so we're clear. I want to make sure you're clear with that shit. Rex Ryan's a funny motherfucker if you watch him on ESPN in the morning. He's the only person I like to watch on ESPN because he pretty much calls it how it is. He called Baker out two years ago, which was true. I, t- I was the one that defended him when everyone was like, no, Baker's the shit. No, he's not. Dan Campbell now came out. I didn't see him cry. Um, that's what you do if your players <laughs> to ask. I'll get to the Daniel Sorensen thing. Uh, you know, greatest family on earth, the Sorensen family. Uh, Brad Sorensen, Daniel's older brother, played quarterback for me. Brian Sorensen, Daniel, and Brad's older brother played tight end for me. I know Daniel really well. His parents, great family. Some guy on Twitter who was actually on my show um, was just pointing out how bad Daniel Sorensen is. And I'm like, do you think Daniel Sorensen's costing you guys the league's worst 39 points giving up? (laughs) Is he the real one solo reason? Shut the fuck up. That's why I don't discuss things with people that have no idea about that particular space. The avid football fan, junkie fan, like this guy is, good. Be the fan. But keep your comments general. Don't discuss certain people and call them out. Yeah, I do have a, I do part, you know, pretty partial to the Sorensen family. Daniel's a great kid. By the way, he started for you guys for how long now? Eight fucking years or some shit? He's taking you to two Super Bowls. I don't remember you talking shit about that. But let me break down real football for you. When the D-line and linebackers are really shitty, the secondary gets exposed. But see, you don't understand football, so you can't really have a conversation about it with these people that don't understand it. So, you know, I I, I just... I. Jordan Taylor, he's my fact checker here. He said Las Vegas, not even close to the wealthiest city. I, I, I didn't really mean it like fucking literally. I'm just telling you resourceful wise, talking about hiring and firing coaches. They have no issue with money shortage. Okay. And if we wanted to talk about the actual strip of money that they have in that city, I would bet you that it's the most in the country. Do you think fucking it's more than Atlantic City fucking New Jersey? But anyway, um, Dan Campbell goes off on Jared Goff, basically proving our point. That's why McVay got rid of him. He's pretty shitty. I mean, I pretty much told you guys that two years ago. But let me make sure we're clear. You cried last week after a tough loss. Do you want me to point out the debacle of the Dan Campbell era in the Lions? It's happening now. I told you guys can't cry in front of grown folks that make millions of dollars. They don't give a fuck. It's not high school. It's not fucking college. They fucking forgot about the cry. Okay? Your cry scene is over. Guess how it... How, what was the result of the cry scene? You got fucking molly whopped. Your players forgot the cry scene. You got fucking molly whopped. And your ass needs to figure out what the fuck you need to do now. And not just start talking shit about players. We already knew golf was shitty. You took them. 
Hey, dog, you better stop crying. You're the tough guy in the fucking league. You're the big bad wolf, right? Well, the big bad wolf can't cry and then call out a motherfucker. Just so you know, your fucking integrity has been thrown out of the locker room. Those motherfuckers ain't listening to you no more. He's lost the locker room, in my opinion, already. I'm just telling you, NFL's different, man. You can't coach. Everyone can't coach grown men. It's not as simple as everyone fucking thinks. It's a lot different than college kids where you can control the narrative for the most part over scholarship, over playing time, over fucking getting on field to get filmed, to get drafted. Once you get in the NFL, though, and 25, I understand we're not, I didn't talk about Vegas being the fucking Beverly Hills. I just said that they don't lack resources. First of all, it's the largest. We already know what Vegas is, right? So there's no comparison as far as the money that comes in and out of there every single day. The city doesn't necessarily reap the benefit, and it is ghetto. But that's not my point. I just said UNLV should be able to hire a fucking football coach there and put some money into the school which they have done with athletic facilities. They have upgraded there. You shouldn't be 0-6. Uh, that's my whole fucking point. We don't need to talk about Vegas and the fucking strip and how much money they make. Like, you motherfuckers are crazy. Anyway, uh, how about this? The Giants and Jared and uh, Joe Judge, or whatever his name is, <laughs> quarterback sneaks Daniel Jones again, I think two times. This motherfucker just came off a concussion who got bombarded on by on the fuck on the goal line and you single you quarterback sneak this motherfucker i told you last week on a tweet quarterbacks do not want to run fucking quarterback sneak in the nfl i'm just telling you you're wasting a down you're wasting your most highest paid motherfucker and you just came off on a concussion protocol week and if you don't tell me, if you don't think that motherfucker's uninvested in your ass, Daniel Jones to me is legit. I think he can be good. If he was on any other team other than the Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans, I think he's really good. But anyway, you quarterback sneak this motherfucker. <laughs> Holy fuck. That's just not good coaching. I don't give a fuck what level you're at. Hand the ball off to the fucker that gets paid to drop his shoulder pads, motherfucker. What in the fuck are we doing? <sighs> good old boys. I was talking. I had a podcast, you know, the good old boy network. How about Mark Few gets cracked for drunken driving, gets cracked for a DUI, head coach at fucking Gonzaga, who was, by the way, rated as, uh, voted as the AP number one in preseason NCAA basketball this year. He just has to sit out one game for his discipline. <laughs> oh, shit. I know motherfuckers that got more for stealing a slice of pizza that were black. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm not trying to throw color mix in this thing, but I'd be curious to know if that motherfucker did that shit at another place. Fucking Gonzaga. Nobody really even knows where the fuck you're at, number one. Nobody even knows, and nobody really cares. That's why I told you one time a while back, Mark Few should never, ever, 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 ever leave Gonzaga. He's a big fish in a little pond. He needs to stay there. People... Get that shit twisted. They think that they're going to, this is a, 
a dick measuring contest and I got to go out now and I'm going to go to UCLA and fucking, then you become shitty real quick and you're like, damn, you are a big fish in a little pond. Stay there, dog. Just stay there. You could get DUIs. You could keep your job. You can just miss one game, slap on the hand. Stay there, dog. Just telling you. Dick Vitell, who I love to death, I don't know if you know, was announced he has a lymphoma uh, cancer. Cancer. Fuck cancer, man. Keeps killing everyone, man. Um, how about the Lane Johnson cat? Do you guys know him for the Eagles, I believe? He, 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 he left for mental health. He used this crutch again, this mental health crutch. I, I, you know, people, oh, coaches, mental health is real. Mental health is real. But mental health chooses you. That's what you don't get. That's the fucking, it's clear cut and dried. Mental health chooses us. What do you mean, coach? This is how simple this definition is. JB's definition of mental health. Mental health chooses us. We don't choose mental health. What does that mean, coach? That means when I wake up tomorrow fucking morning, and I don't know my motherfucking name. Mental health chose me, dog. That's true mental health. I'm fucked. When I wake up tomorrow and nothing's changed from today, but I decide to be lazy and tap out and not show and use this crutch as a, use this fucking excuse as a crutch, I chose it. The truth of the matter is we don't choose mental health. It chooses us. This motherfucker's been on a hiatus, leave, vacation, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Oh, Coach JB, you, you, mental health's a real thing. I just said it's a real thing, but I just gave you the fucking definition of it. I would assume he don't have mental health anymore because he's playing again in the fucking NFL. You fucking dumb Listen to anything, fucking stand for nothing, fall for everything, motherfuckers. Blows my mind. I am so fucking tired of hearing and seeing fucking the mental health fucking crutch. It's called mental weakness, motherfuckers. And a lot of you have it and you won't let it go. You don't want to fucking work for nothing no more. You don't want to earn it. You don't want to sweat for it. You don't want to bleed for it. You want it handed to your motherfucking ass on a silver fucking platter. He got mental health because he was losing, Tim Parrish said on, on YouTube. Maybe. I mean... <laughs> Dog, look at Delonte West. He got mental health when he was turned into a crackhead and spent all his fucking money. Hey, Mark Cuban gave the motherfucker hundred grand, put him in rehab a year, uh, a month later. That motherfucker has no more mental health. <laughs> hey, dog, it blows my mind that you motherfuckers believe these motherfuckers, man. That's the cold part about it. You guys really believe these motherfuckers. And you accept their apology after apology after apology. When are you going to realize that's who the fuck these people are? Not what they say they are. It's who they are, what they do, who they, 
what they actually do every day, not what they say they do. You don't wake up and choose mental health, Simone Biles. It chooses you. Just so we're clear, okay? I just want to make sure we're fucking clear. And if I'm out of my lane, please let me know. If she, if mental health chose Simone Biles, okay? How is she okay now and back performing at a high level? I just want to be clear. Because mental health makes you commit fucking suicide. Ask Junior Seau, motherfuckers. Why don't you go find out what real mental health is before you accept these motherfuckers for what they are and accept their apologies and give them a book deal and fucking all this shit. She claimed mental health, took off, left her team outside to dry, fucked another possible person to be an Olympian who they've worked their life for because you didn't fucking give proper, adequate time to say you were bowing out. And now you're cool again. You're going to write a book, make millions of dollars, make it fucking on social media, and, and then have a parade in Houston. The motherfucker had a parade. Simone Biles had a fucking parade. You have a parade and had mental health. You know what you know what happens after mental health? When you have mental health? You have a funeral, motherfucker. It's a funeral that's going down the street. Not a parade. But motherfuckers don't want to be real. They don't want to listen to the truth. They can't handle the truth. And it's fucked up. See, anxiety back in my day was a slap in the back of the head by my dad and said, shut the fuck up and get over it. <laughs> that was anxiety, dog. I'm going to be real. Now we use every crutch in America. Now we use all these fucking uh, crutches about, uh, I got to smoke weed. I got to smoke weed to battle my anxiety. See, the people that agree to all these things are the people that grew up accepting all these things. <laughs> That's where the fine line is. That's where the that's where the arguments happen. It's not really an argument, dog. It's actually a factual fucking deal. Like you don't really want to research and turn over the rocks of this thing. Depression may be real. So is weak-minded, bad and bearded Casey. Let me ask you something, Brad and bearded. I, you know, I'm not knocking mental health people. I know there are true sufferers of the disease. Okay? It's a disease. You don't just wake up and pick to have a disease. I just want to be clear. But let me ask you something. Let's put it in perspective here. I'm talking to Bad and Bearded here on YouTube. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Become a member. I appreciate everybody here. I want to make sure that we're clear. Now, I was raised by the biggest dope deal in the United States history. I had every opportunity in the world to slang dope all over America. I chose to go right at the stop sign, not left, okay? I lived in a car, okay, from fucking 15 to 16 and a half. Got ate by ants, lived that way. Saw a lot of bad things, right, that I would never want anyone else to see in this world, to be honest. I wouldn't want my daughter to ever see it. Do you think I was depressed? Is that not depression, 
Like, when does depression hit you? I hear stories of people using depression who are millionaires. Now, don't get it twisted. I don't believe money's everything. But I would take the money and work out my depression is real fucking scenario over the motherfucker that has no money living in a fucking car in Compton trying not to get smoked every night and find his next fucking meal. So, no, I get it, Bad and Beard. I know you're green. I'm not saying, I'm not bashing, talking shit to you. What I'm saying is, for the people in general that say depression is a real thing, it is a real thing, but there's levels to it. And there's also mental weakness, which to me supersede depression. There's a million fucking reasons you could be depressed in life. And there's a lot of excuses on why motherfuckers. Like, have you ever heard of David Chappelle and watched his fucking shows? Have you heard the story he talked about the, the, uh, the guy that fucking traveled the world on the cooking show? Uh, what was his name? Uh, Orbain or whatever the fuck his name is. Whatever his name is, right? He traveled the world and ate food, exotic foods with all these billionaires and millionaires and then hung himself in Paris Hotel. What was his name? Jeffrey Ordain or something? Anyway, I have horrible names, by the way. Except my players. Because it matters to me. It's important, right? You Remember, you make time for what's fucking important. Let's just make sure you understand. That'll be my next quote, by the way. Anthony Bourdain, Bree said. Appreciate it. I'm going to hire a fact checker. Anthony Bourdain traveled the world, smokes himself, or hangs himself in a hotel room. So depression's real, they say. This motherfucker's a multi-millionaire living the life. And kills himself. So money isn't everything. Don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. I'm just telling you. But why is it always the privileged motherfucker that's made it. Who goes out and kills himself. (laughs) Like why is it never the homie in the hood. Who has nothing. Struggling for his next meal. With four fucking kids. Trying to keep them motherfuckers out of jail and trying to avoid getting shot every day going and coming from work. Why aren't you fucking killing yourself? Why didn't I kill my motherfucking self when I was living in a motherfucking car every day, figuring out my life and saying, what the fuck? Because I know, you know what? I was mentally strong enough to say, you know what? I chose to do this. However I did, I figured out I didn't choose to be in a car, but that's my choices in life has put me in this car. It ain't the motherfucking pops or moms or brothers or sisters or anyone else. My choices put me in the car. We got too many soft, weak-minded motherfuckers where their choices, which are exactly theirs, cop out. And fucking kill the motherfucking self. (laughs) Chris J said, no one chooses depression. 
I agree. But I just explained to you, depression can be overcame, overcome by a strong will and mindset. An optimistic one that's a hardworking one that wants to grind for the bigger picture. To me, the motherfuckers that commit suicide, 90% of them, okay, just so we're clear, I know there is really a 10% window of true people that cannot stop themselves. But just so we're clear, there's a small, there's a 90% of them motherfuckers choose to kill themselves are copping out and are selfish motherfuckers. Let's just be real. They're selfish motherfuckers that left their kids, wife, family behind because they did this. They got caught doing that. They got fucking caught cheating. They lost millions. They got caught stealing. How many of those cats have you seen kill themselves and say, fuck it, this is the easy way out? They're selfish motherfuckers too. So don't just blame depression So you guys are blaming things that are controllable, in my opinion, like racism. Racism's fucking controllable. What you cannot control is being born black or being born white or being born brown. You can control choosing to be heterosexual, homosexual, right or left, blue or red, whatever the fuck you choose to do once you're out the womb and have a head on your shoulders that understands two plus two equals four, you can pretty much be self-sufficient. That's the great thing about this body we were created with. (laughs) But now every single person is claiming mental health or depression If you have true depression, just so we're clear, it chose you, dog. Just like I just said, mental health chooses us. We don't choose mental health. We don't wake up saying, fuck, man, I'm Albert Lopez. I don't know my name today. That means mental health chose you today, dog. I didn't wake up saying, uh, I, I know my name. I know everything that happened yesterday. I'm fine, but I'm lazy. I don't want to go to work today. I, I got mental health. That's mental fucking weakness. I, 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 I think I'm sorry, Chris J. I just truly believe a lot of people that claim depression can overcome depression with a strong willed, mentally tough attitude. I'm a fucking living, walking, breathing example of it. If you could be the only white dude to get out of Compton, go to a high school in Lakewood, Artesia High, where you go there and you see most everyone there is either brown or black as well, fighting each other in a neighborhood that is basically brown and black, and getting out of there and going on and moving on in life and helping kids succeed from the inner city, I think you can overcome... Anthony Bourdain going to Paris to eat exotic foods with millionaires and hanging himself. (laughs) I think he took a selfish approach and copped out. Period. That's my opinion. That's how it is. People can fucking talk all the shit you want. That's the truth of the matter, in my opinion, because they don't want to handle the real. Let's just say that the, the pedophile motherfucker really did hang himself in jail. Uh, Epstein. You don't think he's being selfish and copped out? Please tell me otherwise. If he really hung himself, 
Don't you think he took the easy fucking way out? Because if he's a pedophile fucking perverted fuck, him, Trump, Biden, all these motherfuckers. They're all the same motherfuckers. Crooks and Christians and uh, priests and politicians. The worst crook is motherfuckers in the world. Tell you that all the time. But you don't think he took the easy way out? You think he had mental health? Is R. Kelly going to claim mental health now too? Because he got convicted? I bet you he's going to hang himself now next. Why not? What, what, what else is he going to live for? <laughs> See, there's no mental toughness no more. There's no motherfucking owning up to it. Hey, dog, I fucked up. I'm a shitbird. I am what I am. And then everyone has an excuse to why you were that way. See, I'm a total different cat. I'm a totally different cat cut from a different cloth who thinks totally independently of everyone else's common thought process. I don't believe everyone else's common thought. This is how this is. It's cut and dry. No, it's not. I don't believe everyone else. I don't believe it at all. Like, I don't believe that Because you got assaulted as a young kid by your auntie or uncle or whatever, that you have to rape and sodomize and be a pedophile with young kids later in life. So you're telling me, people don't put it in perspective. See, that's the problem. R. Kelly has mental health. But he can write the best songs in the fucking world ever, R&B writer ever. And he's a mental health sufferer? Well, coach, uh, he's a savant. <laughs> no, the motherfucker's a pervert, homie. And he's a pedophile motherfucker. So don't tell me that he can do this okay, and then over here he has to be a fucking pervert pedophile motherfucker because he got assaulted as a youngster. I'm different than everyone else. Everyone else says, no, nah, coach, he was molested as a youngster. It fucked his whole life up. Jeffrey Dahmer was molested. He ate people. See, I'm different. I believe once we grow up and grow, put hair on our balls and know the difference between puberty and transferring over from an adolescent to an adult, you now are a free thinker and can perform at a sufficient level to make decisions and choices that affect you and more importantly others around you but a lot of motherfuckers can't fucking grasp that concept everybody thinks that they are automatically had something bad happen to them man i i, I, I want to fucking break down every single bad thing that happened to my motherfucking ass when i was young and why shouldn't i have hung myself then by now why shouldn't i have depression <laughs> i should have depression i should have mental fucking health but every time i said man I could quit and go left. I said, fuck that. I'm going right, dog. I'm going to do different. The people that you that have nothing, Lawrence, are the ones fighting to fucking fend off their fucking for their life every day. 
Why don't they hang themselves like Jeffrey Bourdain? <laughs> I don't know. Um, YV and Goat, whatever your name is, he says JB feels no pain. See, I, you're not listening, dog. You're hearing me. You're another one of these dick riders out here that don't understand. I never said I don't have no pain. I'm not here to be arrogant or cocky. I'm telling you the fucking my philosophy and why I'm different than most. I think differently. I'm not a dick rider like you, and I don't jump on everyone's fucking bandwagon and listen to every single fucking thing someone says, and I take it for the gospel. Motherfucker, I'm an independent thinker. I ain't never going to be fucking told that a square looks like a circle and buy it like some of you motherfuckers do. Oh, that's a square. All right, fuck no, but you could get it. You could make it a circle. Oh, cool. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. People don't understand the difference between accountability and responsibility. That's the problem in these youngsters now. See the kids and the people and yourself and everybody in this fucking uh, crew in this thing all need to take responsibility for their actions, their selves, own up to it, whatever it may be. But understand, some point, the leader is accountable for the entire fucking operation. So, I don't know. BC Flies, or whatever your name is, he said, JB, your daughter's parading half-naked on Instagram. Mental weakness. <laughs> Is she? I don't know if she is. I don't know what that is, but it ain't mental health. But I don't know why you'd bring that up. I mean, you must be another dick riding fucking bitch. So I don't know why you're on my YouTube channel talking about my daughter on Instagram, you fucking idiot. Like, you think it's going to offend me or something? I don't know you and you're a cowardly cunt anyway to even bring that shit up. That's what people don't get. Motherfuckers come into your space to talk about you because you're a public figure. This motherfucker, BC Flies, has no fucking idea because we don't know him and what he does. He's a big old bitch. I guarantee it. I get people calling me from private numbers all the time. I get people calling me from private numbers who's probably this fuck on, on, on YouTube, right? And he... I get private number calls and they say, oh man, I'm going to fuck uh, uh, your daughter. I'm going to, you're a bitch. Like wherever they get my number at, fuck it. I'm sure they can find it and shit, right? So, but that's my point, Bree. Nowadays, these youngsters, these cats are so disrespectful because nobody's ever hit them in the mouth because they hide behind Twitter. That's the problem. And it's the mama and the daddy who are allowing it. Investing in the uninvested. The kid's not invested in his motherfucking self. But you want to go invest in him or her? And teach them it's cool to go out and just talk shit about whoever? Because in the real world, if I really want to, I could go find this motherfucker. And then, <laughs> guess what? You're going to run like a little bitch. That's the thing about it. But then you call from a private number. I said, hey, dog, call me. Call me from your real number. Oh, I'll call you from my real number. But why haven't you? <laughs> dog, there's so many bitch-made 
cats out here. It blows my mind. It blows my fucking mind. And you know what? I don't even care that my daughter's out there parade. You know why? Because she's skinny as fuck. If she was a big old thick fucking put together, I'll be worried. But she's a thin girl, very smart. She'll figure it out. She's like a little, does the little modeling thing. So that's probably what it is. But this bitch made haters on there. Who cares? Like, fuck. Go fucking follow her. Go look at it. (laughs) Hey, this is a great segue to get the fuck out of here. And JB Bearden, one of your employees, gives out work number to her bill collector. Yeah, dog. People get your numbers and they start calling you and they fucking start... They're, they're real big in the chest when they're calling you from private numbers and shit. <laughs> I'm like, dog, please come over. Like, I know where you live. Well, fuck, why aren't you here yet? And, you know, the cold part about it is, I told this motherfucker, he said, uh, I want to fuck your daughter. I'm like, all right. I said, I don't blame you because I fucked your mama, and that's how you were born, you fucking idiot. So I get that you want to get back at me. But the bottom line is, I actually should have nutted you out on her back or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, hey, it's been a great show, man. I appreciate you guys. And, um, hey, we had like 100 people in here today, man. I appreciate it. YouTube channel growing. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Uh, become a member. And like I said, man, the show will be on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, everywhere you can listen to a podcast. I'll be back Wednesday at 2 p.m. every Monday and Wednesday. And then obviously Friday on the Pat McAfee show, roughly around 9 a.m. If you guys didn't watch the Pat McAfee show last Friday me and him did a little thing where I met him personally. He was going to come to the house and do it from my house because he was in town. Um, but we ended up doing we ended up doing something else, and I it was traffic, and he had to do the wrestling SmackDown. So I met his ass out here in Cali, and uh, it was fun uh, times, man. So watch that show. Hey, YouTubers, stay on. I'll stay on with you for a while. And I'm going to upload this show, uh, but I'll stay on YouTube. For the podcast, it's over. I got to get it edited. I appreciate you guys, and I will see you Wednesday, 2 p.m. Appreciate it. Um, Another Slapdick Podcast in effect. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you.